let's just jump right into the episode. And okay. honestly, uh, we usually give like a big grand introduction, but I really don't think a lot of people need that because, well, everyone knows who you are. You're I, Justine. Or they might not. <laughs> I think they do. But for those of you who don't know, this is Justine Azaric or I, Justine. Um, she is incredibly popular in the Apple world, and we all just love her content and videos. And I'm honestly excited to actually have you on the podcast. I know we've done a video in the past, but and we've met each other before, you know, when uh, when we had in-person events a lot. But nowadays, it doesn't happen as often. I know, but it's been crazy, like, to think that it was, like, that long ago. But yeah, it, like, it feels like it was just recently, but, like, it's been three years since I think... I've probably seen all of you guys. Yeah, it's wild. But here we are. 2019. You know? Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry about our technical difficulties. Oh, <laughs> it's fine. Not a problem. This happens a lot with podcasts for some weird reason. I can shoot hundreds of videos and never have an issue. But I do one podcast and it's everything blows up. Same. But I think also because we're all so techie, we like to overcomplicate where this could have been <laughs> such a simple setup and we would have been good to go. But I'm like, no, we need to have it 4K. We need to be shooting in like the highest possible resolution. Like it doesn't make sense. It's, I mean, it's an audio podcast normally. <laughs> well, right. And we are doing both. And I think most people listening are probably in their car, so it doesn't matter. But for those watching, I think they would appreciate that you didn't switch over to your FaceTime camera because this just looks, I mean, incredible. So... You know, maybe the audio is lagging, but you know what? That's okay. It's all good. We'll see how it works out. <laughs> hey, so I don't know. I'm, it's kind of a slow time. Is there anything you want to talk about specifically? I don't think really anything's going on. Is there? Nope. No big deal. No M2 chips that were just announced <laughs> at WWDC. And I do have the new MacBook oh, Air M2 so nice. here. This is the midnight color. And if you're wondering if it does get smudgy, it does, in fact, get smudgy. But the good thing is it wipes off very quickly and easily. So that I feel like sometimes in these types of devices, you can't ever get those smudges off. So it does go away with a, um, what's the, what were they calling them? The, the, the cloth? polishing cloth. Did it have a special name? The, the, yes, the, the polishing, polishing cloth. cloth. If you have one of those, you're set. Is there an M2 version of the polishing cloth? That's, that's, that's interesting that you say that. I, I don't think there is, but if there's not, they should really should consider it. Yeah, wipes it away faster. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, so far, I've been using it for the past couple of days. I shot, edited my entire video on this one, and I have the, the, one, um, the one terabyte version. And I was like, I'm going to edit everything on that. That should be fine. But I forgot that we shot a lot of 8K footage. And that fills up the storage very, very quickly. So that was really the only issue that I ran into. And it was kind of interesting even editing on it because, I mean, I was doing a, a three-camera unboxing setup, and I did like a multicam clip and everything just worked so seamless that at one point I actually forgot that I was on a MacBook Air. Really? So it was kind of, yeah, I was pretty impressed because normally there's no way that I would have been able to do that on the previous version. Did you get the 16 gig version or is it just the eight that they, cause I know a lot of different people have gotten different configs. It was like eight and five twelve, but you said you got a terabyte. So did they bump yours up? So yeah, this was the terabyte version, thankfully, which was great. Okay. But I mean, normally I edit off of external drives, so that wouldn't normally be a problem. But I was like, oh, that'll be great. I can just edit everything directly. And I was like, wow, it definitely fills up very, very quickly. But did they uh, keep the RAM at 8 gigs or is that 16? It's a 16, yeah. Okay, so we're, that's nice. Yeah. But it's, man, it's really, really nice. Like, I was actually so surprised. And 
I also went and got out all of my old MacBooks and my old MacBook Airs and we're just kind of like doing a little comparison. I also forgot how much I liked the butterfly keyboard. Were you guys butterfly keyboard haters or lovers or where, where were you on that spectrum? Hartley, you go first. Well, I actually liked it, but I know that's an unpopular view. I'm glad you said that because I, I really liked it too. But I think we're all biased because did we have any issues with them? Because I didn't. So that was the reason why I liked mine. I'm sure if my keys kept getting stuck, I would hate it. I had problems with it, but I, I really liked it. And I actually liked the original on the 12-inch MacBook. I know they iterated on it, but I, I my favorite one was the one that everyone hated the most. It's interesting because I never had any issues either. And then when everyone started like popping up with like their, their problems, I kept trying to find a problem with mine, but I, I didn't. So I definitely I did still like the, the butterfly keyboard. But even this, I mean, we've, we have the Touch ID, and I love having the MagSafe. That makes a huge difference. So... I guess, what are your favorites about the current, like the new design compared to the old design? Like, what are you liking so far? I think, I mean, I like the old design too, but I feel like this does look so much, oops, I'm hitting microphones here. Um, just the whole design of it, it looks like a squished down version of the, the newer MacBook Pros. And I think what I like about that is it's obviously they've, they've put so much into this that it's kind of impressive what they've actually managed to accomplish with this device. I mean, the fact that you can still edit a, uh, two streams of 8K, 11 streams of 4K ProRes in this small little device. Like I was talking to another friend, actually Farouk, iPhone Doe, and I was like, if nice. I had all of my other computers and devices taken away and this was all I had left, I would easily be able to do my job, no questions asked. I mean, there are some smaller things because I do connect a bunch of external drives to my, to my MacBook Pro and there is way more power in that. So I can't connect two of my solid state drives to this because it'll say, hey, that accessory needs more power. So that is one thing that I, I had an issue with, but I think for most people, you know, a, a normal everyday consumer, they're not gonna have that problem. All right, Hartley, you can jump in here in a sec because I know I'll just keep talking and talking because I have so many video editing questions. So I, I'll just keep it at one. Because before you hopped on, Justine, we were talking about it and I was saying I wanted to do a challenge kind of thing where I, you know, because everybody always asks me, you know, how's, just everyday use, and I wasn't going to include video editing, but I was going to use the MacBook Air for every other aspect of my life um, except for video editing. But you're saying that it can actually handle it really well. Um, and you just, I use Motion VFX a lot, and sometimes a lot of plugins can kind of slow things down. And you just launched a really cool plugin, by the way. So if you guys use Motion VFX, oh my God, I can't talk. If you use <laughs> Motion VFX, go check out her cool plugin. Um, like, how did that handle, did you put a lot in the videos that you were working on and did it handle it okay? Yeah, I used both um, MKeynote, which is mine, and then I used MKBHDs and then a couple others. And you're right, sometimes those do bog them down and I'm like, oh my, you know, the, either that plugin hasn't been updated for M1, but I honestly, like, I had no issues at all. Like, I was actually very surprised. And so I basically took the MacBook out of the box, had all of my footage and everything, um, just directly dumped onto that. And then in the video that I did, I kind of spent sort of like a day of day in the life, walking around editing, went to get ice cream and like had this on my laptop. So I really, it was kind of wild because I didn't even think about battery life either until I got back to my house. I was like, oh, I, I should probably charge this. It's at like 30%. So out of the box, didn't even do a full charge and just kind of went about my day. And I think that you would be pleasantly surprised even if you did all of your tasks on it. I think it would be a better uh, clickbait title too. <laughs> Do all Just, of your tasks with the M1 yep. Mac or M2 MacBook Air? M2. 
Yeah, you honestly will be perfectly fine. I edited the entire video, exported, made my thumbnails, everything. All right. And it was all, all 4K. I exported it full resolution and then brought that into compressor and, and, and then uploaded it. So yeah, everything was done on it. The one thing that has occurred to me with connectivity, um, thinking about plugging in peripherals, like you were saying, Justine, the one step up that I don't think a lot of people have realized with this MacBook Air is because you've got MagSafe, you actually are freeing up a, a, a port effectively. So even though it isn't necessarily another USB-C port, it kind of is at the same time. So with that extra bit of uh, memory as well and that extra top level configuration, it is a little bit more of a pro device as well, even though it isn't branded like that. So in those sorts of workflows, I'd be interested if it, if it is capable. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is displays. I mean. Again, I don't know what the stat is, but it's like most people aren't going to be connecting three displays to their to their MacBook. But I have been using my MacBook Pro as my main device. And even though I have like three studio displays, I mean, I plug everything in and then I'm able to just have a full entire, uh, you know, desktop configuration. But I do feel like this is aimed towards, I guess, less professionals. But I mean, the fact that I was able to do as much with this as I did, I was really, I was pretty impressed. So just because it's aimed at less, of less doesn't mean you can't do more. Yeah, I mean, I was even thinking like, man, this is so much lighter than my MacBook Pro. Like if I was traveling and if I had to cover an event and I just didn't have that much space, like I could easily get done what I needed to do and I wouldn't feel that held back. But then when There's we think about it, there <laughs> is the 14 inch MacBook Pro. So that's where I feel like the price range comes into play where it's like, okay, well, if I'm spending this much already, I could upgrade to get to the Pro version. You're still getting that smaller form factor. You are getting the three Thunderbolt USB-C ports plus HDMI plus the headphone jack and the SD card slot. So, you know, it's, it's difficult. When I was even on the website, just like comparing and trying to figure out like, if somebody came up to me today and was like, hey, I do this, 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 which MacBook should I get? I'm like, I'm not really sure. There's so many options now. Okay, I'll go now. <laughs> the MacBook Air is definitely uh, the one I think for most people now. Whereas before, you know, with that tapered design, it was definitely a great design, but it, I think people were feeling its age. And so a lot of people looked at that 14 inch MacBook Pro and they looked at it longingly with the slim bezels and the, the new design. But this really is something that provides something at a bit of a lower price point um, that really for a lot of a lot of people even tempted towards that 14 inch model it should be accessible at the top level as well as the bottom level now what with that extra memory and, and that design it feels like a better sort of um, a better device in the lineup with that 14 inch model um, just because I, I think people will just you can't help but get past that design because it, it is so macbook pro like it doesn't look to me like a macbook air yeah, definitely. Also, I, I think we forgot that there was a 13-inch uh, M2 MacBook that was in the lineup. Even when we I did. was doing my review, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Hmm. We wanted to forget about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's also a good option, but if you're going to be upgrading like the MacBook Air, it's a new form factor. It looks great. Like That's definitely the, the route that I would be going. Is part of you not a little bit sad to see the tapered design go, though? Because it was so iconic. It's been around for so long. And that's at least what I always associated with the MacBook Air. So as much as I, I love this new design, I, I kind of wish this kind of uh, the way this is shaped with the flat top and the sort of curved bottom, I wish that would come to the iPad and the iPhone and probably even the Apple Watch as well, because I like it that much. But at the same time, I don't know if it's kind of lost a bit of its airiness with 
that with the with the lack of the taper. I agree. And I mean, it's light, but it's not air light. <laughs> so they definitely, it is like a completely different laptop now. I think a good way to say it is it's basically a smaller MacBook Pro, right? The new MacBook Pros. Because again, that 13-inch MacBook Pro does kind of mess things up when it comes to the whole lineup. Yeah, that was definitely an interesting choice. And even going through and just looking at like the older laptops that I had, I also forgot about it was the, I forget which year it was, but it was like the 12-inch MacBook, which also had kind of the tapered design. And I was like, wow, that is such a small laptop. Like I actually completely forgot about that one too. Yeah, I love the 12-inch MacBook. I mean, that was really the, the the MacBook Air that always kind of should have been. I wish I wish that was marketed as as MacBook Air. I think it probably would have done better, especially if it was a, a lower price point. I mean, look how people are so nostalgic for that little laptop now, and it was in it was kind of at the wrong time, you know, with Apple Silicon as well. It could have been so much more powerful. Um, I, I, I really wish that these rumors about a 12-inch MacBook, I know they're, they're thinking it could even be a MacBook Pro, but as a kind of smaller MacBook Air, I think there would be a lot of people interested in that. Yeah, I mean, it was so slim. I was like, I couldn't actually believe that that wasn't a MacBook Air. <laughs> I was like, hold on a second. Let me do some little research because this is insane just putting them next to each other. I was like, this is so slim. And with, of course, the butterfly keyboard. R.I.P. And of course, with slimmer bezels now as well, it, you would be able to get more out. I mean, it probably would be close to a 13-inch display. Do you think that the uh, bezel size on the new MacBook Air is noticeably different to the MacBook Pro? Because I know it's slightly thicker, a bit like how uh, with the iPad Air has slightly thicker bezels than the iPad Pro. Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually notice it while I was editing. I mean, I definitely noticed I lost a little screen real estate because I'm so used to editing on the 16-inch. But even just kind of looking at them right now, sort of side by side, I mean, it's really not that noticeable. The thing that I did notice more was the notch, which I actually kind of forgot about on my MacBook Pro. And I think because this screen size is a little bit smaller, I, I did notice it way more. And I was in light mode. So I, I quickly switched over to dark mode. But I think a lot of people have sort of forgotten about the notch now. It's kind of weird that people have generally, there was all that, there was all that upset about the notch on the MacBook Pro. And now people, people love this new MacBook Air design. And they loved it on the on the MacBook Pro, um, so it's kind of been it's just kind of forgotten about the notch. The notch was always, uh, it was all talk. I think with what people said about the notch. Yeah, no, I honestly forgot about it. And then when I realized I was in light mode, that's when it became a little bit more noticeable because the screen size is smaller. But once you start using this and it's so fast, you don't actually notice it anymore. And of course, the aspect ratio under the notch is the same, so you're still fitting the same amount of content on the display and where it's larger as well, there's not really a, a material difference, I don't think. It's just maybe a little bit ugly if you're in the menu bar in light mode, as you say. But beyond that, I don't know how much, uh, how, how noticeable it would really be or how much, how, how much it would obstruct you at least. Yeah, and the FaceTime camera also is improved, which is great. But I really love the midnight color. Like this is, if you guys are watching, I'm holding it up right now. Look at it that. Looks beautiful. So good. It does. It really, really does. I'm I think it's going to be the most ours. popular model by far. Yeah. So we ordered in- two of those the base model for tomorrow, and then we maxed one out. Maxed one out. I'm laughing at that. There was really only one other configuration besides storage. But um, just to you know, kind of see how that plays out for those who are interested in 24 gigs of RAM on an Air, even though that seems like overkill. But 
Um, we didn't get any other colors, so I was going to actually bring up, if you've been able to see in person, because you were at the event, um, how are the other colors in comparison? I know one's space gray and one's silver, so it's kind of much of the same, but how is Starlight, basically? Good. Yeah, I mean, it looks kind of just like the iPad colors, which is kind of cool, because if you've seen those, then you obviously know what colors they are, but they are, I mean, they're great colors, but man, that like rose gold, whatever the gold color was in the last version was I think that was by far my favorite gold color that they've ever made. It's so nice. Well, it's interesting they've left both gold. Um, they've left both silver and starlight in the lineup because they're pretty close. If you look at maybe um, like a starlight iPad mini um, and you have it maybe in the white case, you I think most people would probably say it looks pretty silver. So interesting that they've got two colors that, that look pretty similar. I think you'd have to see them side by side really to to notice the difference when that old gold was a lot more uh, distinctive. Yeah, I'm not really sure why they did that either because it is so similar that, I mean, if people are even trying to decide on which color to get, like they both look exactly the same. I mean, they, they did do some of the more fun colors with like the iPad with like the violets and the blue. Yeah. So I kind of thought that that would be the route that they would have went with the MacBook Air because it is a lower price point. Maybe they're targeting more students or things like that, but I guess not. Well, I don't know what your favorite news uh, website is or rumors website for, for Apple. We, you don't have to say that. We don't know. We'll just leave it up in the air. But, <laughs> but um, there, have, there were a lot of reports about this MacBook Air for a while that it was going to look like the, uh, the iMacs and have the same color choices. And most importantly, the bezels would be white with the keyboard being white. And I, obviously that didn't happen. But what were your thoughts on all of that? And are you sad or are you happy that it didn't go that route? I mean, I think this, what they did, this looks great, but I, I mean, that still is a possibility. I feel like uh, they really did do something different with those white bezels. And I think people at first were very confused. They didn't like it, but it really brightened up the entire computer, especially when it was just like sitting there. And then when you had it on, like, I think it was, I really liked it. Um, I'm, I don't think I'm upset about it because it did kind of make it feel a little more, I don't know, like like fun or like kind of childish in a way, if yeah. that makes any sense. And I feel like that might've kind of like cheapened the look of like a laptop, if that makes any sense. Cause it's like a white plastic kind of feel. Definitely. And of course they could still introduce new colors at a later date. I mean, definitely they're, they're getting into the habit now of doing that for the iPhone. So for a product as popular as the MacBook Air, I can, I can definitely imagine early next year, they they you know have a, a one off new green or a new purple or something to, to that can fit in nicely with the other existing colors that they've got going on. And I think too for people that don't need this high end of a computer, I mean there still is the M1, which was still a great computer. So if you're just doing you know everyday tasks, just you know word processing, Excel, email, like you could definitely go buy an M1 and be set. So have you had a chance to test out the uh, the webcam? I'm guessing you have. I did. Well, this webcam, yes, but I am so excited for Ventura to try out the the desk view. Do you I have can't the wait. the little MKBHD had it, and we were all really jealous. Did I they do. Give you... Yes, I was. Yep, I was going to make a video <sighs> about it today. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. I won't. I, we we don't have. To oh, it's okay. That. It's okay. Okay. It's cool. But yeah. No, it is really cool. Yeah, I watched his video. I was like, oh man, I need to get some time to to check this out. Uh, but yeah, it's. It's really impressive the fact that they're able to kind of use whatever technology that they're using to kind of skew that edge camera to actually make it look the way it did. So I'm, I'm excited to try that. 
Are you going to start using that for reviews now for top-down shots? <laughs> I mean, probably not. I already have a whole setup, but just maybe actually that would be you great for like live streams. But for yeah. a live stream, because you just have your laptop, you're set, you're good to go. It's too bad you can't game on a Mac, but you know, think about that for streamers and stuff who want to show like keyboard view. Yeah, because I've done some editing live streams before, so that would be great just to be able to to show oh, yeah, the whole sure. edit setup. So that would be awesome. But yeah, the webcam is good. I just did a couple FaceTime calls. And I still need to do some further testing, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, they're always like, yeah, low light, it's better. I mean, it's, it looks good. No complaints. So it's not as bad as the you studio just... display situation we had? Yeah, that's that what was I was interesting. getting to. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's definitely not like the studio display, but okay. for as much negativity that studio display has got, I've, I love that display. It's really great. Well, the display is fine. Yeah. It was the webcam at launch the webcam. That, ha that had issues. The display <laughs> is great, though. I was thinking in the same way that the uh, studio display has the same webcam as the iPad, and yet it looks very different to the iPad, that you would expect this MacBook Air to have the same webcam as the MacBook Pro. But obviously, you can't guarantee that now with what exactly is going on with these components. So I'll, I'll be interested to see some direct camera comparisons between the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, because I think they might be more different than you'd expect. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll have to add that to the, to the testing list. <laughs> The new MacBook Air has a quad speaker setup instead of just stereo. Have you had a chance to test that yet? Is that significantly better or is there not that much in it? I definitely noticed a little bit difference with the sound just because it was kind of coming from sort of inside of like the keyboard instead of from kind of like the sides where the speakers were built in before. So I edited like my entire video without headphones, basically just on this. So it did it sounded different. I didn't really get a chance to watch much other content than just what I was creating. Um, but it does sound different, for sure. Well, of course, the MacBook Pro's speakers are so strong that it's. I think there's always been a bit of a gap between what the MacBook Air can do and the MacBook Pro. So I kind of hope that they're, they're, they're bringing that in line a little bit because I think the MacBook Air for a long time has kind of let down Apple's reputation for great speakers in a laptop. Yeah, I'm interested to try out like the spatial audio too even just being able to edit outside with the additional brightness, which it goes up to 500 nits. I mean, I was editing in some bright sunlight and obviously that is a very difficult scenario. So I, I wasn't having too many issues about that, but obviously if it does go a little bit brighter, I think that would have been great. But for most people, if you don't have something to compare it to, like you're not even gonna realize what you're missing. That's actually a great segue into my next question. Do you think the SSD controversy is a controversy or is it just something for people to complain about? <laughs> you I can mean, be think, honest. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you know, I think there are, there is reason to have complaints, but I use these on a daily basis and I have never had any like crazy issues. I mean, my entire life revolves around editing on these MacBooks. And I'm like, if I can edit on these and I'm able to edit 8K footage and get my job done, like I'm, 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 I'm happy. Now, fortunately, it's only for the, they only have the NAND chip for the, the base model 256. So there's only one there. Um, and we were talking about this before you came on and it was mostly just kind of like, I don't know, it just seems like it's kind of something for someone to make a gate out of it, SSD gate. And like in reality, unless you are comparing it 
to something else. You're never going to know, hey, my MacBook was only a second slower transferring that file over from the SSD. Like, it just doesn't matter. Like, why? I don't understand why we have to make such a big deal. It's a base model. You're going to get the base specs and performance, and you should expect that. And I probably wouldn't recommend that model to you anyways. If you think that's going to matter, then you really shouldn't. And plus, I was saying that 256 is probably not enough storage for me, but... You know, like you, you have a lot of files that are going to take up a lot of space. So that's the main reason why. But for most people, it might be okay, and you probably won't even notice it. But just wanted to get your your thoughts on that because. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. And obviously, when you are going for the base model, you are trying to save money and you're cutting costs. So sometimes with that comes performance costs and cuts as well. But like you said, and like I said before, too, it's like if you don't have something to compare that to, most people upgrading maybe to this MacBook has not experienced you know, a Mac Pro or a Mac Studio display or the Mac Studio or like the, the completely specced out 16-inch MacBook Pro. So you have nothing to really compare it to. And if you are getting that base model, it's not likely that you're going to be doing high processor intensive 8K 3D rendering. And if you are, well, you'll probably use an external drive anyway. That's the key point because it's, it actually is affecting or probably will affect such a, a small minority of users because you're talking about uh, the, the sort of person that has chosen the MacBook Air over the MacBook Pro um, for price reasons to do very specific workflows where um, SSD speed really counts, which for most workflows, it, it really doesn't. And the people that it does affect are more than likely going to use a MacBook Pro. And if they don't use a MacBook Pro, they're going to use a configuration with a larger SSD. So it really is... So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it will affect some people. There will be some people that this will bother, but most people, uh, I, I really think it's a lot of a lot of fuss over nothing. And you're exactly right, Justine, when you say that these are you're, you're buying the the lowest cost MacBook, so you're you're already accepting that you're getting uh, the single port charger, you're getting uh, the binned chip with uh, two less GPU cores. So you're already accepting these trade-offs. So I don't really see why the SSD is that much different. Although now I'm saying that I suppose maybe the difference is Apple is very upfront about the charger. They're very upfront about um, the, the the chip. And maybe what people would have wanted is that on that specs page, it said, you know, one SSD chip. And maybe that would have mitigated these problems. Maybe it's just the PR hasn't been handled that well. Well, and also, is this a, a, a something that everyone is aware of, or it's just us tech-obsessed people that are kind of going through and just <laughs> making sure this is right and well, this yeah. is here and trying to find a problem with everything? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of the same as the 13-inch MacBook Pro. Most people actually will like that laptop. The people that buy that laptop will like it. It's just, it's just uh, people in the tech community that I think uh, get a bit more concerned about these things. When I love the touch bar, like I used to use that all the time for editing, scrubbing through the timeline, being able to just adjust my audio levels and stuff like that. So when I went back to not having one, I had to like change the way that I edited again because I didn't have my touch bar anymore. Considering how pricey those MacBook Pro models are, um, the, the, the high-end MacBook Pros, it does provide that little bit of extra performance as well at a, at a lower price point, which for, for some people that will count for a lot. And Beyond that, there are also people that will go in the Apple Store and see this new MacBook Air, and they'll say to, to the person in the Apple Store, no, I, I want the MacBook Pro, and they will be shown that that 13-inch model, and they will still buy it, and they will still love it because the MacBook Pro brand is just so powerful, especially there are a lot of corporate uh, customers that just buy MacBook Pros en masse, and it will be for, for, those, uh, for those sorts of people as well. So I think there is a place for it. 
I don't know if you've had a chance to like go back and look at your last video. I'm guessing you made a video about the M1 MacBook Air, right? Um, it was so long ago now that my brain is all, but I'm just assuming you had one. Were you able to like recall any differences between performance? Did you have success with video editing on that machine uh, or as much success as you had with this new one? Like that's the only way I can really kind of gauge without looking at benchmarks, the difference between M2 and M1, just kind of your real world performance. If there wasn't a huge difference, that's cool. But you know, some people kind of want to know if there is. Yeah, no, I definitely feel like there was a little bit of a difference because I don't think that I would have been able to edit the three streams multicam that I did because I did no uh, I didn't compress it. I didn't convert anything. I just brought it directly in from my Sony camera. So I just started editing. And you know, a lot of times you would convert to ProRes just to make sure that everything is running smooth and seamless. But I just dropped it in and started editing, which I normally do in my MacBook Pro. But I do feel like I recall on the M1, I did edit my entire video on that one as well. But I think I only had two multicam clips. And I mean, I made it through. But just the fact that editing on this, it didn't feel like I wasn't editing on my MacBook Pro. Like it, it felt very similar. I wasn't dropping frames and it did get a little warm, which I did notice, which never happens on my MacBook Pro, but it didn't drop in performance. I just was like, oh, this seems like you're doing a little work here. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about these I'm computers is that the fans just never come on. I know this one's fanless, but like, have you ever heard your MacBook Pro fan come on? I have not. I ha- I have, but very, very rarely. Nice. Look at yeah. you. Really putting it through the paces there. <laughs> you gotta. I guess I'm just not working hard enough. <laughs> I mean, usually it's I'll be exporting or I'll be doing a bunch of things at the same time. And then, yeah, it's it's very rare. And one of the things, too, traveling is, like, I would always edit, like, in hotel beds. Just, like, you could not do that on an Intel Mac because that thing would start a fire. <laughs> like, your, your hotel legs, would be gone. Your legs would burn off yeah. if you were sitting there. <laughs> Yeah, but it is incredibly impressive how much you can put these through. And of course, there is that extra bit of hardware acceleration now going on um, in some video workflows. I know you were saying, Justine, that you weren't working with ProRes in that instance, but for working with ProRes now, it's got the same media engine as the M1 Pro, so that can accelerate uh, both ProRes and ProRes RAW, which the M1 wasn't capable of doing. So there will be some people that are able to uh, uh, you know, achieve things with this uh, M2, be it in the MacBook Air or in the MacBook Pro, that were just not possible on the previous generation versions of that device. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. I mean, just the fact that I was able to edit as much as I did and just on the go outside, not even plugged in. I mean, it did make me feel confident that if this was the computer that I was left with from now on, like I would still be able to get everything done. And it will be really interesting to see how that translates long term with uh, the M2 Pro and where we go beyond that, because, of course, at the moment, we're really comparing this MacBook Air to the MacBook Pro, which is using uh, an M1 Pro chip that is based on an older system, an older cores. So that's what I, I think that really a lot of the excitement will be when we really see how this uh, how the, I think it, uh, I can't remember the exact uh, names for the cores, but They've, they've got silly names anyway, um, and how that translates to uh, meaningful improvements when it's really being pushed. That is true. I didn't even think about that. When we think back of the original M1 13-inch MacBook Pro, like when that ended up being like my main computer for an entire year, I edited everything off of that. Like it was so impressive. So just to kind of put that into perspective, like you said, we have like the, the M1 Pro, the M1 ultra like the ultra max like these naming conventions i mean it's it's out of control at this point 
I'm so confused by the names. And I start calling, like, iPhone the wrong name because it's based off the chip. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, you got the the iPhone Ultra Max. No, that's not right. The I mean, like, <laughs> it's, it's going to eventually happen, I feel like. They're going to, like, just kind of blend into those three buzzwords of Pro, Ultra, and Max, and it's just it's all going to be the same. But we have a lot of good things to say about the, the MacBook Air. Is there anything that you don't like about it right now that you think could, could use a little bit of improvement? Um, I mean, I feel like I haven't really got to use it enough to find yeah. things that I didn't like, but in the couple of days that I have used it, I mean, it was just the storage space because I yeah. think that people don't realize how quickly you will fill up space, even just downloading files and then just even system memory, like being able to upgrade and do things like that. And even when you get close to filling it up, that's when I feel like things start going downhill drastically because Final Cut starts yelling at me. I can't render things properly. And then since I had filled up the drive with all of the footage already, I ran into an issue exporting because I didn't have enough space to export the actual final video onto my computer. So I had to plug in a solid state drive and then that drive was full. So then I'm like, well, now I got to find another drive. So just even though my biggest recommendation was like, yeah, no, it's fine. You can get away with upgrading storage. Um, You could, no, you, I, I feel like that I'm going to take my recommendation back. Like I definitely feel like upgrading the storage, you it'll pay off in the long run. I used to make that sacrifice and then would tell other people like, you don't need to spend three grand on one or two or three terabytes of storage. Like just get an external drive for much cheaper. If you are working with videos or long, like large files and you're editing directly off of your SSD in, you know, your internal SSD, at least get one terabyte. You need to you need to do that, and then you need to offload those clips. Otherwise, you will fill up, like Justine just said, and it's a real like problem when that happens. Yeah, I got so accustomed you- to having the eight terabyte solid state drive that I was like, oh my goodness, this, <laughs> this is tough. Oh, that's a huge downfall to five twelve. Huge or a terabyte? Did they give you a terabyte? I can't remember. I did have the terabyte. Yeah, okay, it's terabyte. Like shooting eight yeah. K footage. I mean, that got filled up incredibly quick. Well, that's the other thing. I, I haven't made the switch to AK just because I can't I can't afford this, this the storage space anymore to be able to to do that. But that's a that's a huge thing. So, you know, something for people yeah. to keep in mind. I mean, we shot most of the stuff in 4K, but I wanted to shoot some 8K just to have something to to test. But even those 8K clips, <laughs> it's like, Oof. nope, too much storage. I was just thinking about uh, storage generally because I don't do I don't do video editing. I used to a little bit, but. Um, I don't do video editing anymore. And I I think that I've come to realize, I used to be like Dan uh, and encourage people to always save money, but I just think it's generally always better with any device that you always, if you're unsure between two specs, always go for the higher one. Um, if you can afford it, it's, it's always better than just endlessly thinking, God, now I've got to delete apps or um, offload for la- stuff. For a laptop. It's, it's not, yeah. For a laptop. Um, I think well, if you're getting a Mac also, Studio. Also with a phone. Well, yes, any mobile device. I think if you're going with like a desktop, though, my recommendation still kind of, I would still say if you can swing at least a terabyte of base, yeah. do that. With a desktop, I think it's different yeah. because, of course, you, you know, especially with, with Thunderbolt, you, anyone can pick up, you know, in Prime Day, a cheap hard drive or, or, or something that, Shout that out can Prime meet those Day. needs. 
Um, <laughs> but on an, on an iPhone, especially, you know, I, I got a, a 64 uh, gigabyte iPhone. And, you know, I, I remember being proud of myself for saving the, the hundred dollars at a time. But why? 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 why when it just constantly <laughs> fills up? Um, it's not worth it. It's, it's always better if you can. Yeah, it's crazy. You don't realize how quickly that happens. And then you're like, well, do I delete Instagram or do I delete Twitter so that I can use my phone? Like, which one is it going to be? Did you score anything cool on Prime Day now that we're talking about Prime Day? <laughs> I mean, the problem is I have so many things already. Yep. I was like, there's nothing that I actually need. I'm like, do I need this random toothbrush that's on sale? No, I don't. <laughs> Absolutely not. Black Friday used to be my favorite time of the year. I would go camp out at stores and like try to get a cool... But then ever since doing this professionally for the last like five years and getting a bunch of, you know, stuff, we're fortunate and we're not complaining by any means, getting all of these things to review and have and check out, you realize you don't need anything anymore. And that is a very first world problem to have because then you can't go out and I guess it's a good thing. You can't blow your money on things that you don't need. I mean, it's true. Like, do we really even need the things that we were buying anyway? Like no. a lot of times I'm like, I'm thinking about it. Like, why did I buy this? Why do I need so a fifth silly. TV? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of this MacBook Air, we spent a lot of time about it. And I think a lot of people already, you know, are, have made up their minds by this point, And hopefully they've pre-ordered because the dates slipped back already, which is crazy. Um, but I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it if this is the type of machine that you need in terms of power and performance and everything. But there were some rumors about a 15.2-inch MacBook Air. What are your thoughts oh. on a larger MacBook Air? Does I mean, that kind of defeat feel, the purpose? I mean, I feel like it really kind of would. Yeah. Don't I mean, don't you think? Because it's like if you're getting a MacBook Air, you're getting this for the small form factor. But then that's no longer a MacBook Air anymore at that point. So now you're just misclassifying like this this device <laughs> because that's that's huge. Like that was like the MacBook Pros. I mean, even like the 16 inch now is a massive device. I mean, if, if there's a 15 inch, that's going to be bigger than the 14 inch MacBook Pro. So how are you still going to get away with calling it the Air? Well, for a long time, Apple called when the 12-inch MacBook was around. They still called the MacBook Air the MacBook Air, even though at that time it was significantly heavier and significantly thicker. So they do seem to not be uh, afraid of these sorts of contradictions. <laughs> so uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the, the Air, it's a bit like the iPad. The iPad Air isn't really thinner or lighter than the iPad Pro. Um, it's more like a, a marketing thing to indicate, you know, this is for average consumers. And if that's the case, um, I think there's plenty of people that would be interested in a larger laptop. You know, th there are people that um, would, you know, maybe students or people that have, um, they, don't, they don't need the power of the M1 Pro. The, the, M, the M2 is fine. Uh, they don't need the extra ports. And they certainly don't need ProMotion or Mini LED, but they just want a big screen. And I think that's why Apple's moving in that direction with the iPhone as well. You know, this year we're expecting to see uh, a 14 Max model that is just a larger version of the normal 14. So I think I think there is space for it. I think there's space for bigger screens at a, at a lower price point. Yeah, I think that's fair, actually. I didn't even think about that, too, because it's, I think, sometimes being in the tech space, you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. But when you think about the everyday average consumer, like I think about my sister, who's not a tech savvy person, not Jenna. She is. I was gonna, we I was gonna say we have. You know, we have another sister. <laughs> she she literally doesn't even have a computer. Like Poor I let Jenna. her use one of I let her use one of my old iMacs, and she's been using that, and still doesn't ever like actually use a computer. She really only uses her phone. She only uses a computer at work, which is like whatever they gave to her. So, you know, I think I think that's a really good point that you brought up.
Well, there's also rumors that this kind of bigger MacBook Air could also fill a little bit of that price gap between the uh, the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, because um, apparently there would be chip options for this. So you would be able to choose between an M2 and an M2 Pro. So that's that becomes very interesting if you're talking about uh, some consumers that would want to make the choice between uh, a 15.2-inch um, MacBook Air with M2 Pro and then the 14-inch MacBook Pro above that. Um, I think it fills a, a good a good gap in the lineup for people that need a little bit more you know maybe people like me i i don't i don't do intense video editing but definitely when i have uh, enough applications open and enough safari tabs open and it's memory hungry i know i benefit from m1 pro over the m1 and so that kind of device would definitely appeal to to me yeah that makes sense too and i i, used, I really hardly ever use like the multiple desktops but i did find myself using that because i i was so used to having so much more screen real estate so it was nice to be able to have that option but i do feel like a little bit larger of a screen could be great. And of course, I'm just thinking now, if it was with M2 Pro, you would get that extra external display support as well. So there would be reason for people to kind of uh, draw that distinction between these different devices. What do you think, Dan? I think I'm, I I feel like Justine in the sense of like, well, who needs that? Why? It doesn't make sense. It defeats the purpose of the, the Air moniker. But of course, Hartley, if you haven't realized, Justine is our um, voice of reason. Not only does he have a nice British uh, smooth voice, um, he, he, is, he is our resident guy who can somehow say something and it just makes us change our mind kind of instantaneously. So he has that skill. So now I'm starting to think that, you know, when we get those in our hands, we're going to see immediately like, oh, no, I actually do really like this. And it's just what happens. It's, it's just the excitement of a new product and new product line that We'll eventually, you know, and then we'll figure out like, oh, there is a there is a use case for this somewhere. Someone's going to want this. Yeah. And that's what I kind of feel like my middle sister is. She's sort of that voice of reason and like the everyday normal consumer who would be like, oh, my gosh, yes, of course, I would like to have a larger screen. And I mean, I'm I love new tech. So don't get me wrong. Like, I would right. definitely be excited to check it out. <laughs> right. Like right now we're like now. Nah, but then when it comes in, we're going to be like, OK, I like this. I see it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I think that what the real question is, is like, is that still technically a MacBook Air? Because it's becoming much larger. But, yes. you know, like you said, that would be more of a marketing thing that's like, oh, well, you don't need the Pro, so then you would get the Air. So in that sense, it makes sense. And we already know that Apple yeah, doesn't care about their things. names, so. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> I mean, it really is wild. Like, just thinking about all of the, the, the naming conventions of the chips, I'm like, this is out of control. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm using anymore. I think they're trying to sort of line things up as best they can with Max. I think Max is their their term they they cling to now, but it's gonna get it's gonna get messier because now you've got the Ultra above the Max in the chip lineup, and we know there's going to be some kind of chip for the Mac Pro at some point that is even above the Ultra maybe. So your your quote unquote Max chip, your maximum chip, is going to have two chips that are more powerful than it. Mm. And I know that's because obviously it's doubled up in the Ultra, so maybe it makes sense, but. Uh, I think it's. I think it couldn't get. It can get more confusing, especially also when you think there's going to be an iPhone 14 Max <laughs> and a and a Pro Max as well. <laughs> um, well, even thinking. I mean, we haven't even heard about the Mac Pro yet, so who knows what that's going to be? It's supposed to be this year, but like when? I don't know. They could just surprise us. Maybe it's next week. Who knows? It's hard to say. 
Oh, Justine, I do you have of, insight? No, 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 I, I actually, I know <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, just messing with you. <laughs> oh, my please will be next week. I'm still working on MacBook Air. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's... But I, I do hope that it is kind of a similar form of the, the, the last Mac Pro and just kind of squished smaller and yep. there will be wheels for it because that's, that's a goal. Little tiny wheels. Little, t- little tiny wheels. <laughs> I think I was overall very, very impressed, especially because I wasn't really sure what to expect because, you know, editing previously on a MacBook Air, I would not have thought that that could be my, my main machine. And I do feel confident that, like I said before, if this was what I was left with, I would still be able to edit all of my YouTube videos, make my thumbnails, and pretty much do my day-to-day on this. But the only downfall was not having enough power to plug in two different solid state drives because I do a lot of times have a bunch of different drives plugged in. So that was one of the the fallbacks. But other than that, I'm incredibly impressed and I'm excited for people to to get these in hand. It's it's beautiful. And now that you know you can edit on there, are you mad that there's no SD card slot? Because that would be my problem. I use CF Express cards. It doesn't even matter. You can't even even get to enjoy it. No, no. I'm like, you guys, you put the SD card slot. I quit using SD cards. Maybe they'll put a CF Express card slot for you. That would be great. That would be wonderful. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm, I'm not in the market for this sort of device, but I think that this is really probably more of a landmark in the transition to Apple Silicon than people realize. Because over time, when this gets a little bit cheaper, when the M1 model gets phased out, this is going to really be the, the MacBook for everyone. It's going to be the most accessible MacBook. Um, and... The fact that it's it's bringing this pro design and MagSafe, it's really consolidating what to expect of the Mac for you know the next the next uh, cycle of designs. I mean, if this design sticks around for as long as the tapered design was around, we are really looking at um, the first of Macs that are going to last for a long time. And I think that's that's pretty interesting when you think about just uh, how long term this is and how many more people will get their hands on this device than the MacBook Pro. Yeah, and even like the braided cable that matches, like it looks, it's just really, really nice. It just everything looks so seamless. And I think they did a really great job with the design. So to wrap it up, I have two questions that have nothing to do with the MacBook Air. You ready? They're pretty easy, I think. Maybe. Oh, we're ready. Okay. What is your favorite product and for your favorite non-Apple product and your favorite Apple product of the year so far? Oh, wow. Um... I would have to, I'm honestly still the 16 inch MacBook Pro is my favorite. Even though I have the Mac Studio, I just, I love this MacBook so much. And it has just, it's it's surpassed all of my expectations. And then I guess favorite non-Apple product is probably the Aura Ring. Oh, nice. I got one too. Love this thing. It's great. Okay. That was easy. See? So then. Yeah, I'm not too painful. So that Hartley, would you like to add in your your two favorites? I mean, there's no reason why you can't tell us. Oh no, uh, oh no, I I uh, I, w- I wasn't expect. I thought this was just for Justine, but you can put me on I the mean, spot. Um, they can be. I think uh, within the last year, uh, probably is not that much of a popular choice, but I think AirPods three. I, I love them. I think they're a, I think they're a great underrated upgrade. Um, I think they have loads to offer. I think they're more comfortable. Um, the force uh, sensors are way better. The audio quality is way better. I think they're a, they're a great package. Um, but not many people seem that excited about them. But I was excited about them. They don't stay in my ears. Uh, and I, I don't know about it's so products, so though. sad. The 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 threes don't stay in your ears. Did the other ones work okay? 
Nope. Even like uh, the pearls do not uh, stay in. I still use, I know it sucks because they sound uh, so much better, but I, I like, even my sister uh, has the same problem. Like we can only use the original AirPods. Man, that's a bummer. So what's your favorite non-Apple product? Oh no, I, I don't know. Do I, I mean, I, I just, I just do Apple products all day, you know, every day. I, I don't think about anything that is, uh, there is not no. an Apple, non-Apple thought that goes through my head. So I don't know around if the I room. could I give a very good answer to that question. <laughs> that's great. That, that's what we like to hear. <laughs> that's a very shill, corporate shill answer of you. <laughs> Well, no, it's it's just it's just what happens, you know. I'm I'm covering Apple all day, every day. I, no, that's I, fair. when I have to write an article about an Android device, I I'm I'm out of my depth. I was looking around the room to see if there was anything that I remotely liked. Um, was the FX3 last year? Were they this last year? I think it was last year, yeah. But that's we started using that here too, and it's great. Yeah, I love it. Um, I, that's a camera for those of you who don't know. It's a Sony FX3. It's what I'm using right now to to film this and pretty much all the other videos along with the A7S3. Um, also, I am still quite addicted to Call of Duty. So I have I just got a pair in of the, the I can't remember the name. I, I don't want to say the wrong name. It's the SteelSeries Arctic Pro headphones. Mm -hmm. I think those are the Nova ones maybe. I could be wrong and I'm sorry. I apologize to SteelSeries on this, but... Um, they sent me one of those and it's incredible. It's my favorite headset. It's got like a little, uh, like DAC that you can use to like switch things up and it's got noise cancellation. It's, it's really cool. Um, and I need to stop playing call of duty so much cause I've got three kids also. So it's just, just a lot, you know, no judgment from here. I mean, I've okay. been playing uh, Diablo immortal on my oh. iPhone, like obsessively like I played so much because I was on vacation with my family and so every free second that I got that I wasn't hanging out with them I was just did your dad do yeah. the thing where they tell you to get off your phone I mean, even as adults this, I still get that you know at this point they're like well we think that you're working so, so we'll leave you alone <laughs> yeah totally but, testing this game yeah out. <laughs> uh yeah dad I'm raiding with my random friends that I just made in in my clan so leave me alone <laughs> i just tell my wife that i'm like hey i've got a new monitor a controller and headset i have to play tonight because i'm testing it i have to yeah test it you're working for sure exactly <laughs> she won't make it this far in the podcast she won't know that's okay that's all good <laughs> secrets um all right so then my, my last question is what future product and we can keep this to apple specific what future product are you looking forward to doesn't necessarily need to be this year but if that's how far we're going. I could barely think of what I'm doing tomorrow. So totally understand. But what are you looking forward to coming down the pipeline? Um, I mean, I love Insta360 so much and they just came out with a new camera. So I just I feel got like, one of those. Yeah, it's so great. It's I so I haven't fun. used it yet though. Yeah, it's great. You'll love it. But okay. I love everything that Insta360 comes out with. They make traveling so much more fun, like making fun contents and obviously like drones because I feel like you know, covering drone stuff is always really fun. I love going out and flying all of the, the latest and, and testing those out. So, yeah, and of course, looking forward to anything that Apple comes out with. I was trying to think of some things that weren't Apple related. No, no, no. So, so what, what, what are you looking forward to Apple-wise? iPhone, AirPods? Well, you don't, you can't wear the AirPods. Um, I mean, if they came out with a, a newer version of the old first gen, that would be a, a dream scenario. And I think actually that would, a lot of people would like that. I don't. No, our rumor man Hartley will let us know. I, I don't think is there anything with the first gen like that design coming, or is it just the pros on the way right now? 
I think for now, all, all the focus is on the pros. You might get some more colors for the AirPods Max, but other than the pros, I think that's going to be oh. about it for this year. It's okay. What I've colors, though, I don't so know. Many, I think I'm still keeping the old AirPods in business, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about the headset? That's the last question. The virtual reality headset or AR, VR. I mean, I doubt that we're going to see anything with that this year. <laughs> it won't be this year, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely interested in it because it's one of those things that's like what normally when Apple does something, they do it right and it brings it to sort of like the, the mass consumers. And, you know, it's like right now, like Oculus, like I still get a headache because of like refresh rate, games aren't consistent. And I think that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to is them kind of making those games consistent. And the barrier to entry in the Apple store and the App Store is for a reason. It's quality control. So I'm hoping that that kind of carries over into sort of the VR headset space as well. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I would love it for it to be out this year or like get a sneak peek of it or something. But I don't know. Hartley kind of brings me down every time we bring that up and says that that's probably not going to happen. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Not not this, not quite yet, but I think it's sooner than I think we've been waiting for so long that you always feel like it's really far away. But I think for real this time, it's not that far away now. It's probably about half a year away now. Yeah, and I think even just making the announcement so the developers can start working on it, it is still a step in the right direction. Yeah, and that could be this year. Because they will need to do like what they did with the Apple Watch. They need to give that kind of a that space to be able to um, give developers a developer kit and actually make sure there are you know games and apps available for this device. It would not be uh, very good if it uh, launched on day one and uh, there was just nothing available. And you got Apple yeah. Maps as your only app. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Just navigate around town. Have fun. I will be interested to see what they do with the the Apple Watch this year, too. Um, I mean, I love the Apple Watch so much. It still is, is one of my favorite devices just for fitness tracking and stuff like that. So I'm excited about that. We just have Even Ross Young on who does the displays. He's a display analyst. And um, there's signs pointing towards the Extreme Sports Edition or the Pro or the Explorer, whatever they're going to put some the ultra pro max watch that they're going to put on <laughs> um, it is impressive how durable this thing is because i am not easy on my items at all and i've only shattered one apple watch in my impressive. entire history i know it's, it is impressive actually <laughs> <laughs> so then what are your thoughts on an even more rugged version do you think it, it's even possible at this point to get i mean obviously it is but I think so. I mean, I'm, I don't, I mean, I've done a lot of different things like rock climbing. I've done like sword fighting. I've done a lot of like martial arts with it, but I feel like taking it out and doing, you know, if you are a consistent rock climber and things like that, like that's, it's going to be getting, you know, abused way more than I would have done. <laughs> but I think it's great because I think there's, you know, if, if you're able to make it more reliable and, and more durable for a lot of people, I think that's great. How did you break your first one? I think I just dropped it like barely. I was gonna it was say, weird. You do all I these just, crazy yeah. things and then you just drop it from like your desk and it's done. <laughs> I was like, that should not have broke. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. I've just basically fought a war outside and now you just you just fell on the concrete. Uh, it's the worst. <laughs> but it can hold up for, for pretty much everything, I feel like. Uh, I was thinking about uh, beyond uh, design. Uh, and being more durable, it could also have uh, longer battery life. And if it has just a, a very slightly large display, there will be a little bit more room for fitness metrics. So beyond being more durable for those extreme sports, 
I think there's a lot of people that will be interested in in that sort of device that just takes little things like an extra two hours of battery life and that tiny little bit more display area and also in a more premium package as well you know used to get things like the ceramic apple watch um and obviously the no. the much maligned I, uh, uh, you know 24 karat gold apple watch but <laughs> there is space for a, a high-end apple watch the ceramic was my favorite like i still have the original one and now i think it's like selling for like triple the amount that it was originally because you can't yeah. get them anymore. It's more than just the casing. Then there's more justification for it. I think that Apple's realized that there are people that are interested maybe in a titanium Apple Watch or something that's uh, a little bit more premium like the ceramic model. Um, but people can't justify it when everything else is the same. So giving it just a little bit extra battery life or a little bit of a bigger display and a little bit of a different design, um, I think that's going to be enough for a lot of people to be finally willing to pull the trigger. I'm just wondering when the time is going to come when they're like, okay, so now all of those Apple Watch bands that you have are not going to work with the latest model. It's because oh, it's going to have to happen. People are going to riot, though. It's going to have to happen, I feel like, because you can't keep going with that same design. And yeah. I, have, I have thousands, thousands of Apple Watch bands. Like, I will be, I'll be crushed, but it's, can you, it is what it is. Can you, I guess you could start like a little like garage sale of Apple Watch bands. Maybe, yeah. Sell, or like people be get like a coat and like try to sell them to people. Yeah, like show like you have On the watch. Yeah, exactly. Just watch band, just a mobile watch band stand. <laughs> I could do that. It'd be great. Well, Justine, thank you so much for joining us. I know you are probably super busy, so we'll let you get going here. Um, but for the one person out there that doesn't know who you are, do you want to drop your, your socials that people can go check you out at? Yeah, you can find me at iJustine pretty much everywhere. Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Instagram. And yeah, I'll be covering some more stuff on the MacBook Air. And I'm looking forward to seeing your guys' coverage to see because I did not get the spec'd out one. So I'm excited to, to see some more. You got to wait until August 2nd for that or 9th or whatever, but there will be That's coverage. Be on here. That'll be here before you know it. Well, hopefully it's before then because I'm attempting part two of Disney World. So we'll see. I know. <laughs> That's so sad. That's so I sad. Know. Oh, I know. Well, hopefully you guys can make it. Well, we're trying again. We're going in a month. So we'll see. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. This was really fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. Bye.